This is Nathan Ruggles here with you on the Union Edge Labor's Talk Radio. We appreciate you joining us here today. I'd also like to extend our appreciation out to the PSEA, that's the uh, Pennsylvania State Education Association, as well as the United Steelworkers. Uh, They support what we do and are good sponsors of our programming here at the Union Edge. Also, a reminder, check out our website. Uh, you can uh, see what our schedule is there for your local radio station or, or also listen to your podcast right there on our website at theunionedge.com. So it's my pleasure here to have with us with Work in Progress Radio from his uh, South Secret studio down there in, in Florida. It's Buck Chino with us. Buck, uh, great to have you on the program. It's a pleasure to be with you, Nathan. Always is a pleasure. So uh, I know we got some good stuff to talk about today. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, some some, I guess some I guess some changes are underway with uh, public sector unions and and how they're yeah, you know, bargaining. Yeah. Is that right? Well, we you know we, we've talked about this before, Nathan, several times. Uh, not only with you, but I think in Charles and the ladies, is that uh, we've always talked about how you know. Uh, well, we talked about it for a long time, how unions have to somehow change their strategy to how things are are going to make an appeal basically to not only, uh, uh, you know, uh, the progressive type um, um, worker, but also the, the, the worker that basically had, to, that leans toward the conservative end. You know, you know historically, public sector unions... Uh, basically have, have focused uh, a lot of their attention um, almost entirely on uh, negotiating for higher wages and better benefits. We know that. But, you know, these days there many of them are showing up at the bargaining table to fight not just for themselves but also for the people they serve, you know, like students, uh, foster children, uh, and, ta- and just the taxpayers as a whole. You know, it's uh, we as uh, in the unions basically have uh, had a habit over the last uh, a few years basically to uh, just focusing in on our members. And like we've talked about many, many times, you know, we're now, you know, should be asking our members to basically uh, be at the edge of the social change. And there is. And I think a, p- a pattern for this was. Basically, if you remember back in the 2012 uh, strike by the Chicago teachers was a big moment, and that's when they began to use their power to push progress beyond beyond the pay and benefits. Um, and by 2015, the, the union's new contract had included several requirements to help students, uh, such as access to medical or mental health service and an expansion of after-school programs. So what that means is they're basically bargaining things that are important to the community into their contract. So, so you and, see that, that 2012 um, uh, teachers' strike and negotiation in Chicago, you see it as sort of a turning point or kind of a key moment in recent history? I, I think it's a, 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 a kind of a key moment. You know, I mean, we've, always, we've always talked about the strategy. You know, we in Grand Rapids or West Michigan, we have the community action teams and other, um, we had groups called the Friends of Labor and and things like that, and where that, you know, basically um, invited community leaders, uh, uh, church members, uh, the pastors into a uh, such of a, a meeting to find out basically, you know, not only what's important to us as union members, what's important to them. And, and to me, this is really, you know, a, a, a good thing because this trend is basically. You know, at a time when you know uh, the unions were shrinking a little bit. You know, you look at the number of the 
the states now that are right to work, and you look at the, uh, you know, the attacks on uh, uh, even, you know, from the, the latest uh, year since uh, Trump's been in office, you know, the new appointments of the, uh, the labor board, they're actually trying to squash some of the uh, um, rulings that have came down in front of the unions. And, you know, it's not a secret that the union, the public sector unions were, are under fire from everywhere, and they, and they lost about 6% of their members. So this is, uh, you know, and, you know, we have the Supreme Court things that are going to come up here this year that, you know, the, uh, will take away if the court uh, goes conservative to, you know, basically allow workers that are represented to pay dues. They want to let the unions uh, collectively bargain, but they don't want any of the members to pay dues, so there are, consequently they can't be involved um Politically, so you see, yeah, so you, you gain the benefit of it, but uh, with mm-hmm. without without paying into it. So, so, so would you say that you know, in in this sort of environment where you mm-hmm. have so many attacks coming from every direction, right? Like you're describing, mm-hmm. it, it, it's so easy for any given union to kind of mm-hmm. turtle, right? And kind of, okay, we got to protect our own, we got to protect ourselves. It's coming in, and and it, it makes it easy to to kind of forget. Um, mm-hmm. about what else is going outside of their primary responsibility of protecting the members. But it is great to hear that even under these circumstances, with so many things happening and so many attacks, that, that public sector humans, for one, and I think we can see examples across the board, right, throughout mm-hmm. unions in this mm-hmm. country, where um, they are uh, bringing up and fighting for issues that affect everyone. And I think it's significant here, too, um, mm-hmm. to, to, to take note. It's not just... You know, it's not just uh, it's not just a rally. It's not just rhetoric. It's not just speaking no. out, which is important, right? We need we need to hear uh-huh. unions out there uh, on the front lines when it comes to fighting for you things know, like minimum yep. wage. But you're saying in the negotiating room over contracts, yes. these issues yes. are coming up. And just think that's a significant difference than just speaking out in yeah. public, wouldn't you say? Yes. You know, since 2012, there's a couple other school systems, uh, St. Paul. Minnesota and also in Seattle that basically follows Chicago's lead, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and when it's demonstrated as it's helpful, you know, it's really spread out through the public sector. For example, in, in Oakland, I believe, uh, the, the Service International Union, as we, as we commonly know as the SEIU, launched a successful fight in 2012 also to cut uh, cut down on predatory banking practices that risk the, you know, the, that run the risk of costing cities and ultimately the taxpayers less money. So when you can put those types of things in your collective bargaining agreement, what a big difference. I mean, I was just looking at that Chicago thing when they were talking about the mental health and, and the after-school programs to be allowed in the contract. That To me, that, that's huge. And that really brings back, you know, takes people... It makes people, I believe, look a little bit differently at unions. Oh, I think I think you're absolutely right. I I think, especially those out there who who aren't familiar with unions, they they have no experience with unions, right? They they don't Mm -hmm. understand how they work, what they do, Mm -hmm. what it what it means, and when they hear that uh, unions are fighting not just for their members, but for fighting for the public at large and, mm-hmm. and for important causes like you're describing, that has mm-hmm. to make a very big impact mm-hmm. on the way people think about uh, unions. Now, now, would you say, 
at the same time, while unions are doing this, while they're bringing these issues to the negotiating table for their contracts, do you think they're yeah. also doing an equally good job of publicizing, not only publicizing this work that they're doing and making it known to the larger public that they're doing this, as well as as you know, creating allies among groups in in the community so that they are aware of these things? You know, Nathan, we could always, you know, that's, you know, we always said in, in our organized labor that we're, that we're always have been, as long as I'm the best kept secret. We don't, we don't do a very good <laughs> job. We don't do a very good job at blowing our own horn, and you're absolutely right. You know, and, and, and the other part of it is is that it's really hard in, in some, some certain markets, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically um, some news uh, organizations and other people will basically uh, – in, 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 on purpose, stay away from union issues. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, you didn't hear about Ma in Massachusetts, there was another SEIU local because they're, they're, they're like I said, they, they, they are in the service industry. They, they basically were a major force behind changes to the uh, child protection system. You know, uh, you know, after a five-year-old whose family was under state supervision was killed at home. So they took up that cause and, uh, they got that. That story was uh, in in the papers every day. So, that that things are kind of changing. And uh, like I said, it's uh, when you are doing things to protect the community, and you're doing things to protect the children, and you're basically putting that in your collective bargaining agreements. Uh, uh, that, that 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 is that, to me that is a big turning point. And I think that uh, is not, and you'll see the other unions. Uh, even trades workers uh, tr could put things in their contract to, for, to better the community and, and, and things like that. So I think this is a, a very important time and a very important uh, um, movement for the movement, uh, so to speak. Well, very, very good. And I think, too, uh, with, with you with Work in Progress Radio and us with the Union Edge, you know, we're, we're in a particularly mm -hmm. good position to re help remind unions of the importance of tooting their own horn occasionally. Exactly. Right, because that's exactly. part of our mission, right, is to make known uh, these stories and, and the struggles of mm -hmm. workers. And um, we have to, yeah, keep, keep reminding them that it's important for the public to hear about it. So um, appreciate exactly. you bringing that that. Uh, news uh and that that, that th those thoughts to us buck we do have to take a break but we will be back uh with more here in just a minute with buck gene and work in progress radio this is the union edge labor stock radio immigration is a hot topic for the hundreds of mayors including nine from ohio and dc this week for the winter meeting of the u.s conference of mayors congress faces a march 5th deadline to pass a permanent congressional solution for daca the deferred action for childhood arrivals program and earlier this week, the government shutdown ended after a pledge from Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to negotiate a DACA deal by February 8th. Dayton Mayor Nan Whaley says she's heard from dreamers in her city who say they're scared about their future. Could you imagine getting up and really this decision by Congress is going to affect whether you can stay in your community, the only community you've really known your entire life, or have to move to a country you've never really been to since you were six or seven years old. That's what's going on on this issue. The White House will soon release its framework for immigration, which it says includes a permanent solution on DACA. And President Donald Trump has said he is open to a path to citizenship for some 800,000 immigrants brought to the U.S. as children. Also this week, the Justice Department announced a crackdown on so-called sanctuary cities, prompting a group of mayors to boycott a scheduled meeting with the president. Youngstown Mayor Jamal Tito Brown contends the immigration system needs to be fixed so that immigrant communities are protected. 
I have a local business owner who was uh, just recently detained, uh, and then the uh, Judicial Committee said, we'll release him, but ICE is still keeping him detained. So this immigration thing, I can touch it and feel it in my community. So we're fighting it in Youngstown, Ohio as well. Brown sees immigrants as a vital part of local economies, participating as students, workers, taxpayers, and business owners. We need to further that investment, and we need to make it easier. So if there are barriers we're putting in front of them now, some may not want to come because of the fear of being deported out of the darkness. We want to make it easier for them and give them a pathway to becoming citizens of the United States of America. Immigrants account for about 5% of all self-employed Ohioans, and according to federal estimates, there are about 95,000 undocumented immigrants living in the state. This is Mary Sherman, Ohio News Connection. Somos la Unión Internacional de los Panaderos, Confiteros y Trabajadores de Tobacco y los Molineros de Grano luchando por los trabajos americanos. Navisco, fabricante de marcas icónicas como el Oreo, Ritz Crackers y Chips Ahoy, ha ganado la fortuna en América y su respuesta patriótica ha sido enviar los trabajos americanos a México. Como resultado, los consumidores en los Estados Unidos siguen boicoteando los productos hechos en México. Ingresos corporativos han bajado en todo Norteamericana. Los consumidores están enviando un mensaje muy fuerte y claro. Ahora los líderes religiosos de todas las religiones a través de los Estados Unidos están pidiendo una investigación del modelo de negocio de Nevisco y han programado un tour de seis ciudades para investigar el asunto de manera más profunda. En el mismo momento en que las negociaciones de NAFTA están en la mente de todos, la comunidad religiosa comenzará a hablar de los trabajadores, los políticos y otros líderes religiosas con la intención de discutir el exilio de trabajos por Navisco desde una perspectiva moral y ética y publicarán ampliamente sus hallazgos. El BCTGM y su socio Justicia Obrera Interconfesional piden a toda la gente de fe y conciencia social que se unan a esta lucha contra la explotación por Navisco de trabajadores en los Estados Unidos y México. Millones ya están boicoteando los productos de Navisco hechos en México y ya está afectando sus ganancias de la empresa. Únase a nuestra lucha por la justicia moral y económica. Únase a nosotros en www.fightforamericanjobs.com www.fightforamericanjobs.com And we're back. This is Nathan Ruggles here with you. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the Union Edge Labor Stock Radio. I'd like to thank the Pennsylvania AFL-CIO as well as Apple Tree Media Works. Uh, we appreciate all their support. So we are back here also with Work in Progress Radio and Buck Gino, who we have on the line. Uh, Buck, it's great to have you on the program. It's great to be with you, folks. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. So, Buck, uh, we were talking before the break about... Mm-hmm. Um, public sector unions and how they have been bringing uh, community issues and larger issues of concern to the public and all workers to the negotiating table and how uh, this is such an important development. Yes, and it it is because, like I said, it uh, puts uh, union membership and the movement in a different light. You know, we've been struggling for years and years and years. You know, uh, you know, you look back at the the 30s and the 40s when the, the unions were at their strongest and you know you you looked at uh, you know where we get into uh, you know uh, 
basically, uh, in my lifetime, you look at the, you know, the Reagan years. Reagan did more to harm organized labor than uh, most people will ever know. And not, you know, and, and ending with the uh, the firing of the air traffic controllers. So it's been a long struggle back, and I think that really this is uh, one of the ways that we can put ourselves in a different light. You know, for example, you know, you you always hear all these things that you always what always gets the headlines sometimes is, you know, or uh, you know, I'll use plumbers and pipefitters are on strike or the teachers are on strike or things like that. So, you know, you you have to think outside the box sometimes, you know. So what you do is and we we did this uh, in our own local last or a few years ago when we had a a strike is the uh, you know, we didn't gather a bunch of picket signs and, and go out and march in the street. We let our issues be known publicly. And then what we did was we we all, uh, as a membership, we picked a charity, Habitat for Humanity or some of the others. And instead of uh, walking the picket line, so to speak, we, we kind of uh, split that up by having some folks out, to, you know, to carrying the message, what, what, what was going on, what we were looking for. And then a lot of us uh, just spent our day or two, uh, and then it'll be four days, basically, but uh, four days uh, working on Habitat for Humanity project. So, and then when, you know, and those are always, and then if you have some way to market that, you know, somebody's going to ask the question, and you say, you know, we're, yes, we're on strike. We are on strike for, you know, uh, uh, better wages and benefits and, and some of the other things, the safety issues, and but... Uh, we're not going to go out and uh, turn cars over and, you know, put out that old message, so to speak. We go out there and pick a charity and work there. Well, that's a very interesting and innovative uh, way to, to go about it. And I think, you know, thinking outside the box occasionally and uh, mm-hmm. coming up with interesting new ways to um, inter- show a face to the public and, and, yes. and what uh, mm-hmm. unions do is is a great idea. And, uh, what, what, and speaking of strikes, uh, wh- why do you suppose it is? I mean, why do you think it is, Buck, that uh, strikes are the one uh, thing that really gets the attention of the public? Is it because of what unions do? Is it because of what the media does? Is it be- what the opposition? Why, why is that, that? That strikes are like well, the thing I that gets so much attention. You know, you look at the, the the stigma of the way things used to be. You know, I think we all. Uh, the anti-union uh, people, they can always come up with a story about a bad thing that happened, so to speak, on a strike or or uh, something, you know, protecting union members that are lazy and slugs and things like that. Everybody can come up with that story. And, and that, for some reason, you know, over the last uh, 30 or 40 years, uh, you know, we've had... Uh, been weakened and also by the politicians and, and that's what comes to the forefront but uh, things are changing a little bit and and the, the, what we talk, have been talking about this half hour is one of them and, and and I think that that is the reason because there's there's this uh, preconceived uh, idea of what union members are and what they do and if like I said the things that are changing by the started by the teachers and the service uh, SEIU are is a good thing, and and we need to involve all the unions in doing the same thing. That way, we'll make a comeback that will comeback that will sustain. And, and well, I think that will you're draw right. more people, more people even from the conservative side, that will give them a reason to take another look at union members. Well, and I think too, it makes it a real movement, right? Uh, right. When you have uh, unions working in solidarity on efforts such as that. And in terms of kind of changing to that that. 
uh, interaction with 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 the larger public, um, and and not so it's not just about you know the big strikes and things like that. So the uh, the face of unions and the perception of what unions are up to is mm-hmm. is not just strikes. It, it, do you feel feel like it is within the power of unions to kind of change that sort of dynamic and to bring attention to? Uh, public service projects or to give attention to yeah. a, a, or attention to educating the public about what it is to be a union member. Do you think that's within union's power to really change that? Yes, I do. And, you know, one of the things, uh, like I'll go back to the our little uh, situation, uh, uh, it's probably longer than I said four years, but I've been retired four years, so it's been at least about eight years ago. Okay. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was in charge, and when I said, okay, we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to do this, and we're going to get our message out by splitting up our forces, and then we're going to go out and we're going to pick a, they will pick the Habitat for Humanity projects all around the, the the area, and believe me, they were funny. And we're going to spend our time working. You know, some some people looked at me like I was a little nuts, <laughs> but what but what happened was is that that you know that not only uh, helped during the moment, but it changed the way people looked at. Of some of our organizations. That way, it was easier to get our message out to the city commissions, the county commissions, the, the politicians, and uh, you know, it wasn't just about you know uh, uh, being uh, considered. You know, all we want to do is get more money and do less for it. And uh, like I said, it uh, it turned the tables, and I think that that really we all need to do that because I, I really do believe it works. Well, and, and, you know, I've heard examples, too, like it happened in here in Pittsburgh, the Symphony Orchestra, mm-hmm. um, when they were mm-hmm. on strike. They uh, went out and did free public performances on their yes. own. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and, and yeah. that was there. So at the same time, they're bringing attention to the fact that we're playing out here instead of inside of, of you know, where yeah. we normally would be. And, and at the same time, they're giving back to the community and presenting them something. And at mm-hmm. the same time, bringing attention to their cause. So when, in your experience, in, in your personal experience... Mm-hmm or in others similar to the ones you describe, how, how do union members, you know, I, obviously you said they were skeptical at first, but how does it affect their view of what it means to uh, go on strike or, or to take this sort of action when, when, it is, when they're doing other things? How, how does it affect their own perception of themselves and their union? Um, I think that in some ways, you know, it gives them something else to think about. I think that, I think, after we, you know, they they thought about it, and and after we, you know, we we're into with the program. Like I said, it it only lasted four days. They 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 because uh, union members are just people, like uh, everybody else, and they have feelings, and they have, uh, um, and they want to do the right things for the community. They're not, you know, that we're like I said, we're we're we're, we're fighting against a, a preconceived, uh, you know, uh, notion of what we're like. But so I I was really surprised and proud basically, uh, the membership and, and how they would take a hold of that. And fortunately, we've never, you know, we can spend our time working on humanity, Habitat for Humanity all the time. It doesn't necessarily have to be during strikes. And I think that's what happened is it helped uh, uh, the future of that project, too. So I, I really do believe that uh, the, the members, uh, once it's ex- explained to them, once it is um, put to them in the right way, they're, they're 100%, 110% behind the project. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's, it's great to hear about these sort of uh, uh, efforts and that, that, that the things are stirring towards uh, unions fighting and negotiating for, 
for the public as, as well as themselves. For the common good. That's right, for common the common good. good. So, so go. we're, we're going to be back with you here, uh, Buck, uh, later today. Uh, can you give us a preview of what we'll be talking about then? We're going to be talking to Dr. Rob Davidson. Dr. Robert Davidson is an emergency room doctor in a small town called in Fremont, Michigan, and he's been doing that for almost 20 years. And he's taken it because of his fight for health care for all. He's decided to take on the challenge of running for the U.S. Congress. And we're going to talk a little bit probably about health care and also some of his thoughts about what we should be doing to get ready for 2018. Excellent, excellent. Well, we'll look forward to that, Buck. Thanks for coming on the program here today. Appreciate it. It's my pleasure. That's Buck Gino there with the Work in Progress Radio, and I'm Nathan Ruggles here with you on the Union Edge Labor's Talk Radio.